0: You are Locked On Padres, your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, June 24th. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always, the most Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or recently, Just Baseball Guys. Go check out that website. It's really, really good, I promise you. And you might also be familiar with my pop culture slant of things at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Film Cred, Bloody Disgusting, and more. actually got a piece dropping on Nerdist, uh, hopefully soon, maybe next week or anything like that, uh, but... Most importantly, guys, most importantly, you can check out and follow Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno. And that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have. And I'd love to get back to you and interact with you guys. A lot of fun. And I know I've been using the Padres Twitter account a lot more lately. And I especially used it last night, guys. Today's episode is brought to you by Lockdown MLB. Join walking baseball encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him Sully, every day on Lockdown MLB for a unique look at the majors, both past and present, featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from the Lockdown MLB Network's team of local experts, and insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories. Lockdown MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. And guys, I said I tweeted a lot last night. And that was for a reason. The Padres, your Slam Diego Padres, ladies and gentlemen. They just swept the Los Angeles Dodgers. And we're going to talk about it and give some takes. I don't have too many takes, to be honest with you. Uh, Maybe one or two. But uh, we're going to recap the game and then going to be talking with Arm Layton of Locked On at Marlins and Locked On MLB Prospects, the latter of those two shows that he hosts, especially being on display here, talking some prospect stuff and some takes you might not expect. He has some takes on AJ Preller. He has some takes on prospects that you might not know about, giving you kind of the the breakdown, giving breakdown, very nerdy stuff, I guess, for the the stars of tomorrow for the Padres. But let's talk about the stars of today, guys. Starting off. Padres win this game last night 5-3, to three. sweeping the Dodgers is the first time they have swept the Dodgers since April 15th through 17th of 2013, it's quite a long time ago, it's like 8 years ago, how wild is that? In 2013, I was in high school and probably, I think that was the midst of some of my friends turning on me and I was alone and in a dark place and... A girl that I like just decided to be mean to me. Well, not decide. That's a harsh way of putting it. Basically, bottom line is a girl didn't like me, and in 2013, I'm pretty sure like Modern Warfare 3 just came out. Very, anyway, a lot of weird things going on in 2013 is basically what I'm trying to say. Probably oversharing a little bit too much there. But uh, in this game guys, let's start with some of the stats and what-have-you. Joe Musgrove gets the start. One of my guys that I talked about yesterday that I would actually have him above you Darvish for the All-Star game, and I was proven right to a degree. Uh, Actually, not to a degree, to a large degree. He goes six innings in this game, giving up one earned run on two hits. Two runs total, but only one earned. Walking two and striking out five. He goes 101 pitches in this game, lowering his ERA to 2.22 on the season. Whip at .84. I mean, he was good. He was steady. He was solid. I love it. I love Joe Musgrove. He has been actually, it feels like lately he hasn't been giving up as many of those big hits that I always talk about with leaving the curveball up in the zone or on the side. It just hangs a little bit and then people take it out of the park. He hasn't even been doing that. It feels like he's getting better as the season progresses, to be honest with you, and a huge start from him for sure. But really, I mean the big hero of this game, guys. And let me tell you, it felt like a playoff game. Shout out to all the Fire Faithful homies at Petco, absolutely rocking the place. Shout out to Emma Stone, who wasn't at last night's game, but the night before. For those of you guys, I tweeted about this and everything. Uh, daughter Silva posted a picture of him with her and her husband. Uh, let me just say Emma Stone is literally my favorite actress. It's her and Zoe Deutsch are my favorite actresses. Uh, they've been my favorite actresses for a while, especially Emma Stone. So that was awesome. I'm like, yes, let's go. She is right there. We had Baker Mayfield the other day. I don't I mean, don't get me wrong, celebrities are celebrities, and it doesn't necessarily mean that they're super diehard fans and stuff, but oftentimes I, I just I get excited when you have all these celebrities going to Padres games. You know, you know what I mean. Like that just doesn't happen that much. But anyway, back to the back to the real stuff at hand. The heroes of this game, guys. Not Fernando Tatis Jr. He strikes out three times this game. Does get a walk and stolen base, which is nice. But it's not him. It's not even Tommy Pham. It's not Eric Hosmer. It's not Will Myers. It's not Trent Grisham. Instead, it is Jake Cronenworth and Manny Machado. A quote I must read to you from Mister Jace Tingler, who is much more exciting than. A lot of managers out there, and I think underrated, low-key. Not un- exciting, but like he's got a little bit of fire to him. I love it. He said, that's a bad man. Just an absolute bad man, referring to May Machado. He had a great series. Tonight's game, he goes two for four with a solo home run that drives in a run. Awesome, awesome stuff. He even beats out at one point late in the game when a man is on first. Uh, a, a, a little bit of a miscue. By Justin Turner, he pump fakes. Tries to check on the runner, but May Machado, Mister No Hustle. Everybody, remember, he never hustles. What a terrible teammate. He beats out uh, the play to first base, which starts the kind of a uh, little bit of a rally uh, for the Padres when they were down by, or they weren't actually down. they were The game was tied, and then they end up scoring in that inning thanks to some intentional uh, walks and then walking in the runner. A uh, lot of fun stuff there. And Jake Cronenworth also had a home run in this game. We actually had two home runs to start the game off of Trevor Bauer, which makes it all the more sweet, by the way. Uh, Jake Cronenworth has another solo shot that's four home runs In five games, Jake Cronenworth having a late push for, I mean, you could argue that he already should have been maybe one of the all star starting second basemen for the National League. But he's making a push to be like, screw all of you, I deserve to be on that team. Four home runs in his last five games. It's definitely something that I wasn't expecting, all this slugging from him to this degree. You know what I mean? I thought that there's a a world where Jake Cronenworth only finishes with like 16 home runs. He might outpace that. He really might. He looks awesome, looks awesome at the plate, and I think he deserves to be a starter. I talked about that yesterday, how Ozzy Albies is probably one of the other guys. I wouldn't be upset if he got the spot, but also, I'm just taking into account the defense, all-around play, the fact that he's this really out-of-nowhere prospect that has developed for the team, and unlike Albies, at least from what I'm aware of, a lot better positional versatility. So shout-out to Jay Cornworth having another good game. Uh, He's been in fuego for sure. And Trevor Bauer for the Dodgers, though, I just want to mention, it's not like he was that bad in this game, although he did lack a little bit of control in this one. He goes six innings, giving up three earned runs on five hits, walking four and striking out ten. That's kind of the story with Trevor Bauer. He, he can he can walk some guys every now and then, but the strikeout rate is really good. Hey, look, he was still pretty solid, and don't get me wrong, I really wanted to see, Um, I, Kevin Acey tweeted about this too, I wanted to see what was going to happen if umpires like, checked him for any of the sticky stuff, you know, how this has been this conversation about baseball. I really wanted to see if that happened, uh, but it didn't happen. Uh, We didn't get any theatrics, I guess, from uh, Trevor Bauer, unfortunately. But fortunately, uh, we beat him. We beat the man down. And... Look, let's talk about this a little bit more from the Dodgers' perspective. Uh, Still, a great team that we're going to be battling with all season. This doesn't definitively define everything, even though it did feel like a playoff game. It really does. Every single one of these games has felt like a playoff game. Um, In fairness to the Dodgers, they did have some injuries. You know, you don't have Corey Seager, Cody Bellinger. Only just got back to the lineup tonight. He actually uh, draws two walks in this one, but uh, you know he's barely played at all this year. And But, yeah, I, like, they've they've definitely suffered some injuries and whatnot. But to repeat what my buddy Jeff Snyder of Locked On Dodgers told me on Twitter after I was going after one of them chumps saying, oh, yeah, you're just sad that you lost in the series. And I was like, well, look, we had literally our two top starters injured with Mike Clevenger and Del Slimet. I think that deserves to be mentioned. And Jeff Snyder says, ah, yes, the 2020 Padres, a.k.a. the first team ever to deal with injuries. And to that I say, if any Dodgers fans are complaining – Go look at your what your boy said. I don't want to hear about the injury complaining. We'll see what happens in the playoffs but um, and also with the Dodger fans that try and constantly say that this isn't a rivalry, it is it is like it is just because it's a nascent rivalry and nascent development doesn't mean that it doesn't count. This is good for the sport. It's like the NBA. The NBA has all these kind of rivalries pop up every now and then that maybe only last for two to three years. Maybe not long withstanding ones like Lakers Celtics or you don't have a long withstanding one like maybe even Pacers Knicks or in baseball terms yankees Red Sox. But still it is new it is fresh and it is exciting and we got the best of them this time and I can't wait to play them again because we kicked their ass and I can't wait to do it again and especially in the postseason guys. Love this game Game, love the energy, and love that the Padres have bounced back. Considering that just a few days ago, just literally a week ago, after getting swept by the Rockies, everything looked like it was doom and gloom. But more so, I'm still concerned about Eric Hosmer, Will Myers, and Blake Snow. Those are my three guys. Um, but basically, guys, that about does it for my recap of this game. Very exciting stuff. Tweet at me all your thoughts. I hope you're at the game. Send me pictures, whatever. I love seeing all that stuff on the old Twitter sphere. Um, but now, guys, I need to talk to you about investing, which can be very complicated. But whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay. As you invest for the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual point twenty-five percent advisory fee. And best of all, it is automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over 20 billion dollars of assets, and you can get your first five thousand managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash lockdown Remember, guys, five thousand managed for free for life at wealthfront w e a l t h f r o n t dot com slash lockdown to start growing your savings. One more message, guys, and then we're talking. Talking to Arm about some prospects. All right, everybody, as promised, as prophesized, joining the show for this is probably I don't know like the fifth time in the last year, but I just you can't. I don't think I'm sick of it yet. Uh, i would be joined by the host of Locked On Marlins, the host of Locked On MLB Prospects, and the founder of the newly launching Just Baseball. As you guys can see, he is very, very free, so that's why he decided to hop on my podcast. Uh, Arm Layton, sir, how you doing?
1: I'm good, man. Glad I could uh, carve up a little bit of time for you. Um, mm-hmm. I'm always going to make time. I don't think I'll ever be more busy in my life right now. And I'm still <laughs> taking time to hop on your pod. So Absolutely, I think it tells man. you how much I think about you. And uh, <laughs> we were talking a little bit about some articles on the way for JustBaseball.com. Yeah, so I appreciate the plug. And uh, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. Uh, Mm -hmm. A lot going on in the prospect world, of course, right at the time that we're launching. So I got to talk about a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah. Franco on the horizon. I know you're going to be writing an article about that soon. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's exciting. A lot of fun stuff going on. The Marlins are even playing decent baseball right now. So it's just, it's busy times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The Marlins. Yeah. Your team, which is, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I've been a group chat with this kid and the Marlins propaganda is just (laughs) excellent. It's excellent. It's, it's both Whatever the opposite of propaganda is, like the perfect antidote, there's also that in there with a couple of Barlitz players. But it's just overall a lot of fun. I may or may not have had for a Just Baseball article a nod in there just to trigger Arm and probably get me fired. But we'll see how that pans out. Uh, at the time of everybody hearing this, which is going to be probably the week that the site launches, I want to have you on to talk about the site. I figured that'd be a lot of fun. But just in case there are some listeners that are saying, what are you doing? You talk about the site. Don't worry. I also brought him on because he knows everything about prospects and I do want to ask him about some things. He has some takes too. He's got some AJ Preller takes, which I'm ready to be triggered by personally, which I think, which is, I I feel like he's getting revenge for the thing that I wrote uh, to be perfectly honest with you. And I'm so excited about that because I mean, AJ Preller like drowned me in just a sea of tartar sauce and throw away the life draft. I love him so much, but uh, I'm really curious to see his takes on it. So let's get right into it. Before we talk about the just baseball site, I wanted to ask you, you know, one of the things that's happened early on in the season. I mean, there's a lot of things, obviously sticky stuff, no hitters. Uh, Tatis is still cool. Um, the latter of those, obviously the most obvious and that we could have all expected, but um, Padres prospects has been a little weird in the sense that the top pitching prospect in baseball basically just like six months ago or so is now not the top pitching prospect in baseball. It's probably Grayson Rodriguez of the Orioles, right? It's yeah. Orioles, right? Okay. Um, <laughs> the Baltimore Orioles is probably the top pitching prospect and deservedly. So, so Mackenzie Gore has fallen a little bit. And so is Luis Campisano. So let's start with the guy that I think is the one that a lot of Padres fans soured on, because oftentimes when guys don't immediately rake people panic and stuff and, somewhat justifiably Luis Camposano has fallen back in the rankings so what is kind of your update on him and I believe you do have a take about him that I'm excited to hear
1: yeah well let me preface with I'm more concerned about Mackenzie Gore than I am Luis Camposano and one is because I was never really worried about Camposano and I'll talk about that and and we'll get into Gore in a second but to start with Camposano he he's somebody that has always been one of my favorite prospects uh Mm. in the minors and you know you had me on months and months ago uh Mm. before the season and I was talking about how he's one of my favorite catching prospects and nothing has changed in my opinion like yes he came up to the big leagues and struggled but that's where Preller comes in so I understand that they needed somebody to come in and fill in in the meantime but the thing was, Caratini was still getting a majority of the at-bats, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. right? And so yeah. you were seeing – I was watching so many games because I, I was su- super hyped on Campesano I wanted to see how, he, how he'd do there. This was a guy that had never played above high eight ball. Yes, he didn't strike out a lot. Yes, he makes a lot of good, consistent, hard contact, and he's good behind the dish. But that's a big jump for a catcher especially mm. a catcher. That's a big, big jump. But the way he was being used too is, you know, he was getting those spot starts as almost the backup catcher, top prospect but backup catcher type of role. And then they were deploying him in pinch hitting situations, like bottom mm. of the ninth yeah. pinch hitting against a closer. And I'm like, dude, this guy was just playing in high A. Not only is it a big leap to go to the big leagues, you're giving him one start, maybe two starts a week. And he's pinch hitting in the ninth against, you know, the nastiest stuff he's going to see. I felt like that was something that we're talking about a 21 year old hitter here. That's the kind of thing that can get you domed up a little bit at the plate. It Mm -hmm. gets you a little bit out of whack because he has been a guy that is mashed throughout the minor leagues. You go to the big leagues and guys attack you just totally differently. And it's natural to struggle there. But when you struggle like that, he's facing this adversity that he's never faced and that's okay, but they send him down to Triple A now. It doesn't just turn turn around like that, right? Mm-hmm. And and not to mention that that's skipping Double A still too. So mm-hmm. he's still having having to get his feet wet in Triple A with a bunch of former big leaguers that know how to attack you. And I was just talking to Alec Burleson, who got the quick pull up to Double A in the Cardinal system after getting drafted in 2020, and he said the big difference between uh, you know High A and Double A is that they pitch to your weaknesses rather than their strengths because they're capable of doing that. And I think that was something that Camposano was exposed to. So where Preller comes in is that I think it was so forced to bring him up. I think you could have figured out another way. Clearly, production-wise, anybody else would have been able to do what Luis Camposano did. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like it was a bit of a shock to his system to bring him up and then just say, okay, if it doesn't work out, go to triple a and you'll just settle back in again. It's not really how it works. If you're mm-hmm. two for 32, you're kind of in your own head. You got to work things out again. You got to adjust. And you also can create bad habits when you're trying to fly by the seat of your pants in the big leagues. And I think Campesano had some things to shake. The reason why I'm not worried about him whatsoever is that he's finally settling in in triple a and he had to work those things out and work through it. And in the month of July or June. We're not in July yet. He's hitting three twenty-eight with three jacks. He's only struck out eight times against six walks. He's got a one forty-one WRC plus. I, he he's right back to being Luis Camposano. So I'm not worried about him at all. I think he's going to rake and eventually play his way back into an opportunity in the big leagues because they could use the offensive boost. But he should have been doing this before he got the call up to the bigs.
0: Hey, I agree hundred percent, and I think that that we often understate uh, how you can mess up a player's development. I think every sport we, we feel this way where we're like, you got to be careful with how you treat your prospects and stuff. I don't believe I've never believed in hard binary of you just missed on a pick. I don't believe that because there's too many teams that like you keep seeing a bust. So I, I like using the Cleveland Browns example a lot where it's like, you're telling me that they had 20 consecutive misses on quarterback. No, at some point it becomes like, you're not developing these guys. Right. Right. Absolutely. And Thankfully, you know, and you look at what he's doing right now, you just mentioned his stats, even just on the season, looks like 266, 340. That's pretty good, even if you just take the whole season as a whole. And then maybe that's where the Padres fans like kind of concerns came in in 2019, 325, 396. It's like, what the hell? 52 walks, 57 strikeouts or hold on. Yeah. 52 walks, 57 strikeouts. That's just like, yeah, bring them up, bring them up. But like you said, it is high a ball. So you got to be a little bit careful. And I agree with you. I was watching like they have this guy Webster Rivas up right now who's not very good, but he's batting 148, which is somehow infinitely better than what Campizano was doing. He looked lost. It was always 0-2 pitches right down the middle that he just he was like, what the heck do I do? And my thing was always, I don't know. To Capita Marcano, I just put in anybody that makes sense. I know that it's a little bit of a struggle this year because there's no DH, which is dumb. And we've talked about this before. Um, And the fact that Austin Nola is very hurt and can't stay healthy right now, which is unfortunate. But my thing was just like, I would have called up anybody. You can bring, I don't even know if they still have Jason Castro, who they traded for from the Angels last year, but just anybody except for bringing this kid up in big situations too. Like these weren't like, it's like, like you said, top nine, top eight bottom eight, whatever, just really struggling. But I'm with you. I just thought like it was a really bad transition, I think, especially to take into account the weirdness of the I got had a lot of other plans, I guess you could say in 2020, the weirdness of the 2020 season this last exactly, year, right? He's combined. a full
1: year removed from mm-hmm. having that great year as well, mm-hmm. which even more so I want to see him do it at least for a few weeks even mm-hmm. and then see how it works. But to just start him there. I mm-hmm. think it was just a shock to his system. And look, he's fine now, but I think it just kind of delayed the whole process and he had to kind of take a step back and then come back forward again. And, and he's going to be fine. I still think he's going to be one of the better catchers in baseball in a couple of years. I, I stand by it. I, when you look at the strikeout numbers throughout his his career uh, in the minor leagues, they've been just so incredibly consistently low along with walks. And you look at the 29% K rate in the bigs, Like, yeah, that's high, but honestly, I thought it would be worse. Like Mm -hmm. it's not even that bad. (laughs) And now he's already gotten that triple AK rate under 20% uh, over the last month, striking out only 12% of the time. He's back to Luis Campesano. And I think, you know, when you get called up to the big leagues and it's, it's a huge jump, you're almost like, again, trying to fly by the seat of your pants and you're going to do whatever you can to try to compete. And that sometimes comes at the expense of your mechanics and, and what you have had work for you for so long. And I think we kind of saw that
0: with Campisano.
1: Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute.
0: Let me talk to y'all scallywags about betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season, obviously in full swing with the partnership in the Dodgers. Woo-woo! And you can get. All the action tracked at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for not just baseball, though, but also the NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC, MMA type action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website. Or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember to use that promo code. Locked on, guys. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. And shifting gears. Vroom vroom. We're talking now about rockauto.com guys with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions like is your odyssey an lx or an ex like what does that even mean and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on the computer choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry well, you don't have to do that, guys. You just don't. You just don't. Straight up. Uh, you have computers with access to rockout.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using them. They've got a great catalog. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more from the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for nearly 20 years. Actually, literally 20 years. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, mortal, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website and find the solution to your auto part needs. Really great catalog they've got there. Go to rockout.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked On in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Yeah, and I think that to a degree his fall in the prospect rankings was a little bit like, all right, I get it, but... I don't know. I just don't want people to be too out on a guy. Uh,
1: No, no. To me, that's that's all like I don't even know what the best way to describe it. I I feel like Mm. that's just like smoke where they're like, we have to drop him because he struggled. Mm. But there's no real like to me, I I think even if it's like Kalenic, all America, you ask any of those sites. Has your long term outlook changed on on Camposano? They'd probably say no, which Mm kind of makes it makes it stupid that he's dropping in the list. Am I? So that's one of the gripes that I have. And that was one of the inspirations as to why we're doing just baseball, because uh, I, as the prospect guy, I, I do want to kind of have a more modern take on the way we do those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to segue into Mackenzie Gore, uh, yeah, let's do it. Your next question. Yeah, <laughs> I'm way more alarmed about Mackenzie Gore mm-hmm. um, And that's not to say that he's not going to be okay. Like I, he he still has all of the potential in the world. He's 22 years old. He's a lefty that has four potential plus pitches and has always had good command. But when Mm -hmm. you look at the numbers now, 20 innings, 12 walks, 13 earned runs and 18 strikeouts, 24 hits. So that is not the McKenzie Gore we're accustomed to. Mm -hmm. And the big issue for him has, has been the walks. I mean, he's fallen behind hitters. He's, obviously giving away free passes, but even when he's not giving away free passes, he's pitching himself into hitters counts and he has to try to groove that fastball by him. And his fastball is not, you know, an electric pitch. He's deceptive and he relies on that. Uh, It's, it's been rough for him. And my, my gripe with Gore is that to me, there's a very easy fix to what may be impeding. Maybe it's not, but this should be something you should probably test out first is if you have like that rockette type of kick with your your leg kick and your motion. Like he legitimately has a bizarre Bronson Arroyo type of leg kick that seems to be disrupting his timing with his body and everything. Maybe that's not it. But if I can't throw strikes, that's going to be one of the first things I check out. Maybe I need to clean up and quiet down my mechanics. And uh, we haven't really seen him do that yet. Um, These command issues date all the way back to the alternate training site. So this is something that has been happening for a little bit of time. Now I was one to say when I was hearing about the stuff at the alternate training set, I was like, "Yeah, who cares? Who cares? Mm-hmm. He's going to mm-hmm. be fine.
0: And we I still am it, yeah. like,
1: I still think he's going to be fine, but we're seeing it get worse and worse and worse. I think he really needs to like clean things up and simplify the mechanics a bit more. He's so gifted in terms of his stuff. He's a phenomenal athlete, which should allow him to repeat his mechanics. Well, he doesn't need to have that absurd leg kick. And I think it's just throwing off his his timing right now. And again, I'm not a pitching coach, but I, I think that has to be the first thing you look at when you're a guy who has had noted, notably incredible command. And now all of a sudden yeah. he's not.
0: Yeah, it's not like it's just, He's striking out guys and then gives up a homer or two or something like that. It's not like this is a a low whip guy, high ERA guy who's just has like his Chris Archer. That's a bad comp because Chris Archer didn't turn out very good. But like early Chris Archer, where he racked up the K's or maybe even a Trevor Bauer type where the K's are there, the good command and all that. But every now and then, yeah, he has that inning where he gives up a hit and then it's like a three run bomb. Right. It's not like that. And unlike Campizana, which we were just talking about, it's not like this is happening in the bigs. If this was happening in the bigs. I would be like, all right, like he got clobbered. Breaking news. He's pitching, he gets back spudsy. Like, what do you think is gonna happen? Exactly. Um but then in this case, it's he's still down triple A. They never brought him up once, uh, which was one of the big surprises, a bit minor surprises last year when they called up weathers before him. And now he's struggling in the minors. So I actually do agree to an extent i titled my episode on gore when the news got it asked that he fell in the rankings that the baseball america is cowardly but like <laughs> i actually do think that for him it's actually a little bit more justifiable as opposed to gore or as opposed to Luis campizano i thought that all right like come on who cares cut your struck struck about it. i don't care yeah, uh, and exactly. also catchers are a little weird sometimes too in my experience my very brief experience following prospects that it can, it's just a little bit weird their development in my opinion <laughs>
1: and that's why you don't really go more aggressive with those guys because the hit mm-hmm. tool usually lags behind a little bit with the catchers and that's the irony is is gore you'd think would be the guy that they rushed to the bigs and then he falters a little bit and they sent him down and they ended up it ended up being the other way around and they did it with with a guy like uh Camposano. but you know I, I think gore can be fine he is so gifted as i said and it's just going to have to take a little bit of refinement from him. But the good news is he's 22, he's 22 years old. You know, he's, he's going to be okay, but he's, he's got to uh, get back to the lab a little bit and and work on some things because uh, 5.4 walks per nine is, is not going to get it
0: done. (laughs) No, it is not. But um, also I wanted to ask you, not my best transition in the world there, but I wanted to ask you, you had also some other projects, prospects that I might be able to get it done in the sense that guys that are, are being overlooked because i think we all know about you know the main guys that we just met we know about cj abrams but is there kind of a guy in the padres farm system that you think people aren't talking about enough or you think might be getting a little bit undervalued um even for even though the padres farm system has been talked about a lot uh still like someone that my people should keep an eye on
1: yeah no doubt I, so ethan elliott is a guy that I think should be on every Padres fan's radar uh, right now, Um, especially as some of the Southpaw pitching prospects in the org are struggling a little bit. This is a lefty that, you know, does not quite have the ceiling of some of the other guys, but he is a very, very high floor guy that I think has a, almost as high of a chance to be a back end of the rotation arm as you're going to find, and a chance to be a solid, potentially number three, type of pitcher. Uh, Elliot is a a former 10th round pick by the Padres Mm -hmm. back in 2019. And he has just been so, so polished. He's a guy that actually is kind of like what you were alluding to earlier. Low whip guy has been racking up the strikeouts, but has been susceptible to the long ball at times. That's because Mm -hmm. he's a lefty 6'3", 180, kind of relies on deception and location and has a just nasty changeup. I I give the changeup a plus, and then the fastball is kind of average low 90s with deception, and then the slider is an average third pitch. But Mm -hmm. the command is elite, and his numbers this year, man, in high A right now, he is pitching to a 2.17 ERA, 45 and two-thirds innings. He has punched out 62 and only walked nine. So that's a 12.22K per nine and only 1.77 walks per nine. So he's been phenomenal. Albeit it's in the high A, but mm-hmm. if he was doing this in low A, I'd be like, yeah, hey, let's wait and see. He car- he carved up low A in 2019. So mm-hmm. he's just doing the same thing in 2021. He's added some VLO. He's added some some spin without the spider attack, I think. Um, <laughs> and the changeup, again, plays. And the way he's able to locate, the way he's able to do things, uh, to utilize his stuff inside, outside, up, down, he's crafty. And again, he's not going to be an ace, but you love to get those kind of outcomes from a guy that was a 10th round pick. And for me, he's a top 20 prospect in the Padres system. Um, When we do the top 20 for the Padres for just baseball, uh, he will be in there for me. And it's again, just the, the strike throwing the ability to get weak contact and uh, the ability to get guys to swing and miss. If he can just cut down on the, on the long balls a little bit, he'll be in really good shape.
0: Yeah. And that's the key thing for me that what you just said, I know nothing about this man. I don't know who this man is, uh, but you saying 10th rounder, who might at least be something i immediately am just like great like i don't care if you're a back end of the rotation guy i don't care if you can be a zach davies for half a season that's just so big in baseball for you to be able to get oh. these kind of steals at the end of the draft you know Absolutely. um and i know that like one guy the padres traded away uh wilcox is it cole or cj Cole wilcox it's so cj's the clippers shooting guard i think okay i keep doing this like every pod when i bring him up because i felt like when they traded him away uh for Blake, now i was like Okay. That's like, I don't mind it in a vacuum, but my thing was if you went to grab him and then you gave him this like kind of record contract, I was a little surprised that like, Oh, you're just, you're trading him now. Okay. That was a little bit odd to me. I I love
1: that pick too. But Mm -hmm. you know, that's one of those things where when they make that selection, are you thinking that you have a chance at Blake Snell? Probably not. Mm -hmm. And they were able to allocate their bonus pool money to get a first round talent in there. Mm -hmm. Cause it was crazy is I I was getting texts, you know, Wilcox is going back to college. After, mm-hmm. after the first round was over. Because that was the only way he was going was, was first round money. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, Wilcox has is going back to college. Even his agent came out and said he's going back to college. And the Padre said, okay, well, what if we give you first round money? And <laughs> I'm like, all right. <laughs> he's like, all you know, right, cool. First Sounds round good. money, and that was that. So it was almost like trading up in, in the first round. You know, you get mm-hmm. traded back by underslotting in some other spots and you trade up uh, to, to overslot there. It gets you Blake Snell. Blake Snell has not been Blake Snell, but you know, I I think that's the deal you have to make. I do still stand by. I think that the Padres did give up a lot. I think people were underselling that package, but I still think it's the right deal to make. And hopefully, Mm -hmm. uh, Blake Snell will settle in. Uh, But yeah, I really do like Ethan Elliott as uh, a guy that even if the Padres don't keep him, he's turned into a legitimately valuable piece that you can trade as like as a second piece in a deal, Um, which is also just a nice outcome given that he was not expected to do too much. I also think Robert Hassel is, is turning into a, a tier one prospect Um, by tier one. I mean, obviously he's top 100, but I think he's the way we're doing our top 100 is like tier one, tier two, tier three, and he's tier one, top 100. In my opinion, I've, I've just been wowed by him.
0: Absolutely remarkable the Padres to be this competitive in a World Series contender, yet they still have some prospects to be excited about. Oh man, the Angels, am I right? Jeez Louise, though that, that that poor fan base can't even they can't even have their Ethan Elliott type of exciting dude nope. to come out of that system. They can't have anything. It's Joe Reed, Adele, Reed and that's it. <laughs> that's
1: it. Reed Detmers has been like the their saving grace. And I swear to God, I think they're gonna call him up. I think they're oh, gonna think call so? up Reed Detmers like. He's going to be one of the fastest he's gonna be one of the fastest call-ups we've seen. Um, I mean, we saw Garrett Crochet go straight to the bullpen, but I swear, I think that Reed Detmers is going into the Angels rotation. I think Trout's going to come back. They're going to be floating around and they're going to be like, holy crap, we cannot pitch Dylan Bundy and Jose Quintana anymore. And Reed Detmers is already, in my opinion, like a big league arm. They're probably just going to say, screw it. I describe. mean, what
0: can you do? What can you do? At this I think point it, right there, the if I'm
1: angels. the angels, I'm saying screw development at this point. And mm-hmm. I'm doing, I'm, it's all hands on deck. You no, know, we, we were talking about try. that because like, mm-hmm. the Padres, they didn't have to do that because no. you know Mm-mm. you can, you can find a backup mm-hmm. Uh The exactly, angels yeah. are doing so badly that I think you almost say screw it and, and call them up. <laughs> yeah, and the, uh, the, yeah. I am so <laughs> intrigued to see the development of the angels as this year goes on. They've been better without Mike Trout, so Mike Trout's overrated. Um yep. confirmed. <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> uh, but if they're able to tread water here and, and he comes back, uh, look out. But I'm interested to see how the Padres – what the Padres are going to do because we know pro ain't sitting still. Oh, Prowler. no, he
0: is not. Believe me, and uh, that's going to be something I write about for Just Baseball. And cut, everybody, that about does it for part one of my discussion with Mr. Aram Layton about all sorts of stuff, guys. Part two is going to be great, too. But before we get into that, guys, today on the Locked On Today podcast, the Atlanta Hawks continue to roll in the playoffs, get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcasts. Under 20 minutes, all your sports news. It's really good. Peter Bukowski does a great job over there. Check it out. Um just in terms of the future of the show guys tomorrow going to be talking with arm again about our website that just launched our hour is putting it very uh uh, liberally in terms of me. I'm a contributor for the website, SSA. say. And we talk about all things. We talk about baseball media coverage. We get really nitty and greedy about it. And it's really fun. And I think also tomorrow, I'm going to be talking about another article I wrote for this site, but it has something to do with the Padres. And it is about Fernando Tatis Jr.'s top 10 plays. Indeed, I did mention uh, also that I wrote about the Padres' trade targets. I'm going to link that in the description below because I want to uh, talk about that next week, actually. I want to wait a little bit more on that. But tomorrow, I'm probably going to talk about the Padres is Top 10 Plays. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I don't know. I just think it'd be a lot of fun to just talk about that a little bit. You could check that out in my profile for the website by the way. The Top 10 Plays if you'd like. Uh, So that's really really cool. And if you're wondering why I'm talking about this site so much, well, it's really exciting, and you're gonna have to tune in for tomorrow's show to understand exactly why. And don't worry, I'm not gonna talk about the site constantly on this pod, guys. don't you fret., uh, but yeah, that's basically it for this week and then next week and like like I said, talk about those trade deadline targets and see what happens because the Pirates are rolling right now. Who knows what's gonna happen? Um it's exciting. That's really all I can say, guys. Absolutely love the old baseball. And with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app. That would be greatly appreciated. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe. And of course, stay faithful. My Friday Faithful Homies. Take care.